You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. About hour number two on a Thursday. Uh, first off, music snob re- uh, revisit. Hazy Shade of Winter apparently was done by Simon and Garfunkel. And maybe was never done by the Mamas and the Papas? I thought I had that right. I guess I was wrong. Either way, I'm going to still say the Bengals version's better. All right? I'm just going to say it. That's what I believe. I like the Bengals version better, and definitely check out Less Than Zero. All right, it's Chad and Zay on a Thursday. We got the Flex segment coming up, including games getting started tonight uh, as far as the second round of the playoffs, plus an absolutely heartbreaking story that happened to a football player in this area, and you may want to help out. There is a GoFundMe, just an unreal story um, that, that happened to a local football player. We're going to get to that uh, at 1.30. Right now, though, he is right here in studio with us, but we still need to give Vaqueros some love. The Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline brings you all the guests. If you haven't uh, gone over for some of the best Tex-Mex you'll ever have, check out uh, Vaqueros over here on 360. I'm Chad Hastings. Zay Collier uh, is alongside. He's got a big smile on his face because of that basketball team. And this guy was there last night too. Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Hits you on Wednesdays. Replay coming tonight at 8 after Longhorn Weekly. And of course, Light the Tower, 10 to 12 every day. Yes, sir. So you were at the Moody Center last night to watch the, not the official first game of course but this really was the first one that was going to test out hey can you get the environment you want it's like when you have when a store has a soft opening then you have the grand opening. that's right this was definitely the grand opening uh what'd you think first off uh i just i like the fact i don't think this person's ever texted light the tower i like the fact that left testy chimed in on the specs text line so that's <laughs> we have an interesting we have high, audience we have high class texters <laughs> yeah from this 12 and 3 slot going Jeff. On yeah oh yeah real high class Real high class. Snoop and I have had, uh, trust me, 10 to noon is not highbrow whatsoever. Um, Just for the record, what does Left Testy want to talk about today? Something about they weren't a fan of the McConaughey bit. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Longhorn fans not enjoying that. I thought I'd throw it out as a question just to see. Apparently it is not the last ingredient of cool that they want to embrace. They may have to adjust that one. But I'll tell you what, you know. That when I when I first went into that building this summer at a basketball availability, watched a little practice. I'm like, dude, this thing's gonna be a game changer for a basketball environment. Like, it's just it, aesthetically, uh, the logistics of logistics is probably a bad word, but just the the setup of it, uh, it's so much better than the Irwin Center. It's so much more of a. I felt you know you felt like the Irwin Center was just this like event center that you played some basketball there. This is a basketball arena that also hosts concerts and. Yeah, comedy acts and whatever. Uh, it's just it's, it's freaking phenomenal. And you know, last night when you had the sequence where you had the uh, 
Jabari or Marcus Carr had the lob to Dylan Mitchell for the dunk. Then you get the steal, and then Rice lobs it to Mitchell for the dunk. Like the place was shaking. Like it, it was as loud as I've ever heard a basketball arena. Uh, definitely louder than probably I've ever heard. I, I always contend like the loudest I ever heard the Irwin Center wasn't for Texas basketball. It was uh, Zay. I, I know you went to your share. It was when the UIL had the state tournament there. Yeah, those yeah. were the loudest times I ever heard the Irwin Center. So that was last night was impressive. I mean. Are you going to have the same kind of crowd when you're back for, well, I mean, the next game there is Creighton, so it'll, it'll probably be close. But, yeah, it was tremendous last night, and uh, the corral makes a huge difference, huge difference in how that arena plays. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Jeff, last night was impressive. By the way, uh, where we staying, what hotel we staying at that first weekend of April? <laughs> Zay, Houston, Zay is already Houston, making what, his what, Houston plans. What, what hotel are we staying in? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm cheap, Zay, so I might drive, like, go cover Saturday, drive back Sunday, <laughs> then drive back Monday. <laughs> I got some kinfo in the age, so I might have to stay with them. But uh-huh. on a serious note, this Horns basketball team, they were very impressive last night. And, you know, I'm coming down from that high, and I just have to think, this Gonzaga team, that's not what we've seen in recent years. How good are they really at number two? And, yes, they did beat a good Michigan State mm-hmm. team outside, which meant that Michigan State team beat Kentucky in overtime, two overtimes. But they, oh, this Horns team was impressive. How much was it the Horns look good or this Gonzaga team just not what they normally are? I think it's probably a little bit of both. You know, I heard Jeff Goodman talking about this last night, who was at the game, by the way. Um, Gonzaga, what they don't have right now, they don't have that other guy to pair with Timmy like they've had, whether it's been a Chet Holmgren or a Jalen Suggs. Like, they don't have that second guy that they can go to right now. Uh, maybe it ends up being Rasir Bolton, but Zay, I don't know about you, like when Rasir Bolton had that drive where he drew the foul on Christian Bishop, I think that made it 60 60- I think it was 61-41 at that point, or 61-40. It was 61-43 at that point. The media timeout hits. I'm like, man, Bolton's been quiet. That was his first field goal. Rasheer Bolton finished with 11 points. He didn't make a field goal at any point when that game mattered. Uh, Nolan Hickman's had trouble with turnovers, and he did last night. Uh, 27 points off turnovers. By the way, I don't know if you guys caught the stat. I said it on the air this morning. We talk about Texas needing to run, and I think when you can push the ball off live ball turnovers, and you, that's how you get twenty seven points off turnovers. But they're they've got a fifty three to three edge in fast break points through their first three games. Now, granted, it's UTEP and Houston Christian, but they turned Gonzaga over twenty times. Mark Few said some of it was us. He's like a lot of it was their pressure on the ball. So uh, I think it's Gonzaga. Maybe not quite what they've been. They're still going to be a good team. They're still going to be a team that can make a run in March. Uh, but not maybe not right now, not quite what they've been, but they got to turn right around and play Kentucky. So I don't know if, I don't know how Mark Few's feeling this morning. But Texas, well, the thing that I took away, Zay, last night that was the biggest takeaway for me was the newcomers, the guys that they added in the offseason. Chris Beard talked about this. They added guys that were at whatever level they were at before, wherever they were before they won. Tyrese Hunter helped Iowa State get to a Sweet 16. Jabari Rice has won conference championships and helped New Mexico State win a tournament game last year. Arterio Morris won at a high level at Kimball. Dylan Mitchell, his high school program, won the mythical national championship last year. So these guys come from winning backgrounds. And the for all those guys, the game, nev- it nev- the moment didn't look too big for those guys last night. Like Tyrese Hunter, his poise, his calmness, I thought was really impressive. I'm 
Yo, pre- president of the Jabari Rice fan club. We all saw. I'm, I'm right Mitchell there did. with you. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought I thought their poise, their calmness to to really fit in. And, and look for the returners. Marcus Carr said at point blank, he's like, yeah, he's like, we've been thinking about this ever since we left Spokane last year. So they watched that Gonzaga film a lot since that happened last year. If you take about four sips of cognac, spin around probably about eight times, tilt your head to the side and cover one eye. Tyrese Hunter looks like number 11. Now you got to do all that. Oh, wow. You got to do oh all that. Think goodness. about what I just said. Think about what I just said. Again, cognac in that Kool Aid, yeah, huh? You might take six <laughs> sips of that cognac. Everybody's tolerance is different. And remember, take a lot of spins and tilt that head to the side, cover one eye, you see a little bit of 11. Just a little bit. How about we, how about we go with 14? DJ Augustine. Little DJ Augustine. Mm. I'm with that. Okay, because it's, look, man, that's like, to me, when you talk about Terrence Gerard Ford and you want to compare him to somebody, to me, that's like t- looking at a Texas quarterback saying, you know, that kind of remind me of V.Y. It's like, slow down. <laughs> Yo, Whoa. Slow down. Whoa, easy, easy. Hey, you easy. see how intoxicated you have to get? I didn't say I, just straight up look right, like not, him. You got to do a lot. You got to do a lot to yeah. see it. Uh, you got to do a ton to see it. Well, Maybe do some sprints after you take that, uh, uh, that look with one eye. But, yeah, yeah I see it. Jeff, Jeff, to your point, after the game, when Tyrese Hunter says to anybody who asked him a question, we expected to win this game. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I loved the calm nature. Like, I know the, like, because right away the fans didn't storm the court, but then I think some fans kind of got they, on the court they got afterwards. Invited, they got invited to take a picture with the team. Yeah, they, so that's that, they do that bit every home. So game, it yeah. wasn't a true court storming mm-hmm. or anything. They handled that like big brand, you know, type fans. And then I just thought the team handled it so well in terms of like, oh, no, this is what we thought was going to happen. Tyrese Hunter is a guy that you know I feel like is really you know obviously helped to, to tie things together and also get Marcus Carr. Would you guys agree into a better situation for him? Like I just feel like those two guys. There was a concern, right, for how they're going to play off each other, how they're going to play together. Well, check that box. In the first big game, they what they end up with is it forty two together. And I'll throw Rice in there too. When when you can play those three guys together, you've got three guys that obviously handle it well enough to be the lead guard. But Carr last night, like I wish Marcus Carr, like I don't know, just Chris Beard just needs to tell him, like, look, just pretend the other team is wearing a Kansas jersey or a Gonzaga jersey or a Baylor jersey. Like play every game like it's a big game. Like Marcus Carr, really for the, for the midpoint last year, has just shown up really big in big games. But you got all three of those guys that can be your lead guard. And Zay, with the way Tyrese Hunter shooting the ball last night, we know Jabari Rice is what a 36, 37% career shooter from three. We know Marcus Carr can fill it up. All three of those guys can play off the ball. So those three guys mix really well. I know we talk about Tyrese and Marcus, and that's what getting Tyrese was supposed to do was allow you to play Marcus off the ball. Let he is much better when he can go off a screen and catch and shoot rather than just, you know. Put, having the ball in his hands and trying to you know dial up an ISO for him and let him try to create on his own. He's much better when he can come off a screen, move without the ball, get himself open, create his shot that way. Uh, that's what that does. But again, I think I think it's all three of those guards playing together that make this backcourt really good. And I'll add this too, real quick. Um, when we talk about the bigs, you could tell the Christian Bishop, Brock Cunningham, Dylan DeSue didn't play in the Gonzaga game last year. You could tell that they got sick and tired of hearing about that 37 Drew Timmy put up in Spokane last year. I thought they battled. I don't know where you are on this day. I feel like 
from a size standpoint, they stared the devil in the face when they played Purdue last year. I mean, when you're going against Edie and, and the bigs that they've got, uh, you're like, look, we're not going to face a bigger group of forwards than those guys. And so they were they took the fight right to Drew Timmy. All three of those guys did. Brock Cunningham had the maybe the best sequence of his career last night with the seven straight points, including the steal and forced a turnover on Timmy. Uh, Christian Bishop, I thought, had a nice game last night. And then Dylan DeSue, when he's healthy, uh, his ability to to stretch the floor, step out and shoot, made a three last night, had 12 points. Uh, but I thought, too, I thought Texas did a really good job of making Gonzaga set their offense just past the midcourt line, force Drew Timmy to come up a little bit, just don't let him catch the ball deep in the paint. Early they were able to do that, but they adjusted, and, and that made it easier to set the trap, to set the double team. So I just thought defense last night was phenomenal. Jeff Howe hanging in studio with us as he does every Thursday. Remember, Longhorn Blitz podcast, that replay tonight at 8 o'clock if you want to check it out. You can also access it all the time, horns247.com or anywhere you get your podcast. Jeff, speaking of that, you, in Longhorn Blitz, you guys dig deep into Longhorn football. Give me uh, your, is there a football game this weekend? There is. Uh, yeah. g- <laughs> give, me, give me your thoughts on uh, Texas going to Lawrence and, let's just be honest, trying to get revenge for what Kansas did to them last year. I, I hope they respond. Respect Kansas as much as I think they should because it's it's scary how much t- Kansas's profile matches TCU's profile. Just from the standpoint, especially with Jalen Daniels, and I'm expecting Jalen Daniels at this point. All signs are pointing to him starting this game, making his return for this. What game. was he hurt with? Shoulder. Shoulder. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you when you get him, Andy Kotelnicki runs one of the more dynamic, unique, fun offenses in the country. I heard Rod talking about it yesterday going into it on, on Baldo Line. He's exactly right. They will run multiple back sets. They will go uh, they'll go empty formation. They'll they'll line up in the Maryland eye. That's that formation in the old NCAA football game that nobody used. Uh, they'll, <laughs> they'll line up in the Maryland eye. Uh, they'll go they, they've got triple option principles. In, in their offense, so it, it's really unique. And when Daniels is pulling the trigger, they're about as good as anybody. They're one of the they're top twenty offense in the country right now, and they're uh, in terms of total offense, they're leading the Big Twelve in yards per play right now, almost seven point four. On the flip side of that, similar to TCU, man, they're bad on defense. They give up a lot of chunk yardage plays on the ground through the air. Uh, the difference is. We'll see if Kansas plays any of that three down, three high. That's not how they roll on defense. But as much as Steve Sarkeesian struggled against it, as much as Quinn Ewers has struggled against it, you might if you've got that in your in your toolkit, you might as well just throw it out there and see see what see how it works. Um, that's been the struggle for Sark. That was a struggle against TCU is dealing with the three down, three high safety defense. But I don't think you're going to see that. If you see it from Kansas, I don't think you're going to see very much of it because it's just not something that they they specialize in. So from that standpoint, maybe maybe Texas gets a break this week. Jeff, the offensive line took another step back against TCU. We saw Kelvin Banks. Heard you mention his hand injury mm-hmm. during Light the Tower. That's not good. And just the whole offensive line really struggled with getting pressure uh, put on them with TCU and their defense. I thought Coach Gillespie did a good job of drawing up stuff to stop B. John Robinson and to really get pressure on Quinn. But how do you think this offensive line fares to Kansas' front line? Shout out to this text on the Specs text line that says they loved using the Maryland Eye in the video game. So you're one of like three people that did. I hope they bring that back in the new one. Uh, <laughs> um, no, look, the book is out on how to how to stop Texas. Right? We talked about this on the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Week. The book is out. Right? 
stack the box to stop the run, blitz on early rundowns, get them in unfavorable third downs, and force Quinn Ewers into a predictable passing down where then you can turn the dogs loose or you know drop eight into coverage or whatever and just keep Texas behind the chains all night. That's one thing, I, I, what T, the spin TCU put on it, they run blitzed a ton, just blitzed on rundowns a lot. And Texas, they were trying to get their zone running game going, and the one thing that will kill a zone running game is penetration. Penetration will kill his own running game. They never really got anything on track. Uh, they tried to run some gap schemes, but nothing, nothing was really hitting. And I, I just think it's, it's one of those deals with this offensive line. It's it's part of the process of this group continuing to grow together. And I know at this point, like you can say, well, they're starting true fresh two two true freshmen and uh, a true sophomore. Yeah, they are, but it takes an offensive line time to grow together. And I, similar to the young quarterback. You've kind of just got to ride that wave, go through the growing pains, and, and sometimes it's a slow burn to get that group where you want it to be. I'll say this about the Texas O-line. They, they've surpassed my expectations this year. They're better as a group than I thought they would be. But I thought, you know, you look at the two worst games they played, Zay, I just thought at times they just physically lost battles against Alabama. I just thought TCU beat them last week, not necessarily by overpowering them one-on-one, but just throwing a lot of bodies at the line of scrimmage and making it really hard for them to pick up stuff. So last one from me. I'm going to ask a question I haven't heard asked. I know there's been a, talk, a lot of talk about all the deep shots. Some people think it should be less deep shots, but we know he's going to take them. And we know he's going to take them until he hits them or misses a ton. That's and, like the benching the quarterback conversation. Like it's going. It, yeah, it is what it not is. Gonna like just stop wasting breath on it. So here's the question. <laughs> here's here's the question, Jeff. We know he's going to take the shots. Is he throwing it to the wrong guy? Is there some other guy? They tried it with Worthy a lot, and they tried it with Jatavian Sanders early in a game. Is there a guy that you would suggest? Hey, Sark, I know you're going to take the shots. Why not try that guy once or twice and see if it works better? Number five would be a good place to start. There's an idea. I just look. Make it a big wheel, or would you put him in the slot? What you do you can do? Put him in the slot. He's got the best hands on the team. Like he's. At, you realize Bijan Robinson's averaging sixteen and a half yards per catch this year. Oh, you say that like that's good. Yeah, after like that, that's I impactful was, or something. After he caught that pass from Iowa State, you should be putting him <laughs> he's on awesome. the wide receiver spot all yeah. the time. Not just that. It's a good Zay, idea. Like, your screen game is really good. They didn't use any running back screens in the TCU game. Like it's. That was the thing that I had the biggest complaint with coming out of the TCU game with Sark. I'm like, you know, with, with control, you control your own destiny for the Big 12 title game. It's a massive home game. You can make a statement. How does maybe the best offensive player in the country end that game with 12 touches and none in the pass game? Yeah. It's just, it, it's. And it, none it's in the red zone, or was it just a couple in the red zone? Uh, Car- was, I think it was a couple. In the a couple, red zone. oh, just a couple carries in the red zone. Yeah, and then Quinn obviously missed him on the the wheel route where he got open. Uh, but that's that's where I would start. I would start with Bijan. I, I think the thing Sark has to do, and I think this is kind of where both of them are struggling right now. Sark and Quinn Ewers when they both get in a bind. I think with Quinn's inexperience, I think when Sark starts pressing and hunting those deep shots, I think in turn Quinn presses mm. because he just hasn't been in these situations before. And it's again, it's part of his growth, part of his maturation. But I think Sark, you need, especially when you face that three down, three high, they're going to give you the short game. Are you patient enough to take it? And he hasn't been patient enough to take it. No. Uh, if he is, I would assume Kansas is going to play some kind of drop coverage. But is Sark patient enough to take it? Is then it, will Quinn Ewers be patient enough to take it? And if you start taking, look. 
There's a lot worse place you can dial up than a bubble screen for Jordan Whittington. Mm. Mm. I'm serious. There's a lot worse place you can dial up. Um, get your perimeter guys involved. I mean, like the smoke screen to Savion Red was one of the best plays they had in the K-State game. Didn't see that against TCU. So there's a lot of stuff you can do other than hitting deep shots. But, yes, Chad, you're right. Sark is going to take them. I, I will say this, though. If in that opening script, if they hit a deep shot, that's when I think you'll see Sark work the other parts of the field. Yeah, it'll ch- it could change everything. They just have to hit it though. Go back to the Alabama. Go, go back to the Alabama game. Once you hit that deep shot, right. now it's like okay, they're stressed vertically. My game plan works. Let's attack them every which way. Yep. Jeff, what's the scarier rumor? And it's just speculation, but it's been going around social media. Two things I saw this week. What's the scarier rumor? Gary Patterson leaving to maybe go to a Nebraska. Or Xavier Worthy leaving. Xavier Worthy leaving. Because I think here, how accurate is that rumor? Uh, it's it's just it's just rumor right now. Zay, I mean, I look regardless of whether it has any weight or not, <laughs> you still got two games in a regular season left. So I, there's no point in spending brain power getting worked up about it. You're getting you're getting worked up about something you have no control over right now. So I wouldn't. I mean, 20 touchdowns in 20-something games, that's pretty damn good. Why would you want to leave any part yeah, of that? I mean, he's and he's roommates with Quinn Ewers, so okay. they live together. So, yeah, I, it's – like I said, I wouldn't get too worked up about that right now. Uh, everything that we've heard, we reported in the Insider this morning. He's locked in. He's devoted to helping this team. So that stands where it stands. The Gary Patterson thing, this got brought up in the Insider. Uh, my colleague Chip Brown reported this, and I think it's – it gives you hope if you're a Texas fan that GP might stick around for a little bit. If he's out of active coaching, like doesn't have like a full-time coaching role for three years, mm-hmm. he's eligible for induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, hmm. which is apparently a really big deal to him. So he's had this past offseason, he had Power Five coordinator opportunities, and he turned them down. Um, I, I think for right now, he's happy doing what he's doing. I, I think it would have to take a really unique opportunity to get him back, and I don't know that Nebraska is necessarily that opportunity. That is Jeff Howe. Check out Horns247.com. Longhorn Blitz podcast. Remember that replay is tonight at 8, and then uh, Light the Tower every day 10 to noon at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. My my 10-year-old self is like blown away right now that I just said Nebraska might not be a prime opportunity. Yeah. I wish I could go back, go back in time and talk to myself in like 1995. Like, oh, man, Nebraska's the greatest team ever. Like, dude, trust me, in about 25, 30 years, they're going to suck nothing. maybe more than you could ever imagine in Nebraska suck. Oh. I actually kind of feel bad for Casey Thompson. Kind of. Do you? Kind of. Kind of. He played hard here. Do you? <laughs> Always good to see you, Jeff. You are going to Lawrence, or are you staying here? I'm going to You're Lawrence. You're going, right? Yeah. All right. Safe. Tra- freeze my plums off. Yeah, you are. Safe Yikes. travels, and uh, check out that pregame show. You just might hear Jeff reporting in from Lawrence. Hopefully you can hear him over all the wind gusts. Thank you, sir. Thank Lord, you, Jeff. Lord knows we need those dispatches. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, right. Jeff, get your money up, man. We stay out the Galleria, baby. Come on, now. <laughs> there it you don't is. need to go back home. We stay out the Galleria. I got you. That J.W. Marriott's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. They say- Embassy Suites. I got multiple places in the H. Say saving up for a Houston trip. He <laughs> likes that basketball team and the Final Four is there. Alright, Flex 30 is coming up next, including some games tonight. Uh, the second round of the playoffs begins around the state. Plus, coming up at 2.05, Brian Jones of CBS Sports. They've got Georgia-Kentucky, and we'll get his thoughts on Texas and those two big matchups in the Pac-12. Don't move. It's the Horn.
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A lot of y'all know this one, don't you? Come on now. Some good 80s hard rock for you. Oh, I think we're knocking at your back door on this one, Deep Purple. That's right. Yes, there it is. Lucy was a dancer, but none of us would chance her. Because she was a samurai. Oh, I remember this. Dude, my brother thought this was the coolest song on the face of the earth. He wore this thing out. And as the little brother, I was just following along, trying to learn the words to Deep Purple. Never saw him live, though. That was my only mistake back in the day. Deep Purple, The Bangles, and Smokey on the show today. Thanks to Jeff Howe for jumping on the show. As always, I can't deny it. With that smile on her face. All right, turn it down. I'll sing the whole song. It's a great song. That's a great song. It's not the kill. It's the thrill of the chase. Knocking at your back door. Come on now. All right. Um, lots of good stuff with that basketball team last night. Texas whipping Gonzaga. We just talked some football with Jeff Howe. Uh, we will con- we'll get into more of that with Brian Jones at 2.05. CBS has Georgia-Kentucky this week. Two ranked matchups in the Pac-12. We'll get into all that. Plus, what did he think of Texas and TCU? He, like I think a lot of folks last week, were leaning towards Texas, thinking they could get it done. They didn't. I know he can't be happy with uh, – he was happy with the defense, I'm sure, but now we got to talk to him about that offense. That's coming up at 2. Right now, though, we will remind you, ball don't lie at 7. Longhorn Weekly with Coach Sark. What does he have to say about it? At 7 o'clock tonight, you will find out. And then the Longhorn Blitz podcast replay is at 8 o'clock Tonight. All right, let's jump into a Flex 30 segment and hit some of these games. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, flxatx.com. You want some games tonight to go check out? You can go to flxatx.com, go to the schedules page, and you can see where these games are being played. For instance, the Ganado-Thorndale game, that's over in Bastrop, Bastrop Memorial Stadium. I got two ideas for you. You could go fancy and go to Neighbors, have yourself a great sandwich or a pizza or something uh, and a brew and then head over. Or if you want to go simple, just hit the Buckies. It's one of the biggest buckies on the face of the earth in Bastrop. 
Just go get you a bag of yogurt-covered pretzels and go hit the game. Yeah, or get you a nice chopped beef sandwich. Ooh, they do have good sandwich. Chicken salad. I've had all kinds of good stuff Yeah, chicken sandwiches. Bucky's is a spot. Oh, God. You can spend way too much money in that place. You can. Way too much. Yeah, it can get dangerous. So uh, you got Thorndale, uh, Flatonia, the Geronimo Navarro game is tonight as well. Best of luck to all those teams getting started. The other thing I thought we should mention today, Zay, is this crazy New Braunfels story. So coming up tomorrow... Uh, it's going to be Westlake and New Braunfels. We all understand what's probably happening in that game because Westlake has won 50-51 in a row, whatever it is. They'd probably beat them anyway. But uh, New Braunfels had one of the crazy, crazy stories I've ever heard happen to them last week, right before their first playoff game. Their starting quarterback fell off a telephone pole and broke multiple bones, got electrocuted, got burned... And was he was electrocuted by a live wire, fell from 20 to 30 feet off this pole, and he's been taken this, okay, so Wednesday, yesterday, taken out of intensive care and placed in the progressive care burn unit. He's been going through physical therapy, working with a TheraBand for him to have movement in his arms. I'm getting this from the San Antonio paper, by the way. Got out of bed and brushed his teeth. That was a big deal along the way. So we just want to send out best thoughts and and a quick recovery to Leighton Adams is his name. Uh, they have wow. set they have set up a GoFundMe. So for those of you listening out there, maybe you're out here in the Westlake community and this story kind of connects with you. I'm just trying to imagine Zay uh, what this family's going through, what this team is going through. I don't know the particulars of the story of what was he doing up on the pole and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, I mean, that's a heartbreaker. The quarterback of the team can't play because of something like this. Messed up an ankle, I think broke his other leg, and then broke the L2 and L3 vertebra as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, the dude was, you know, pretty serious stuff. Um, At this point, he would say he was able to get the neck brace taken off. It feels like things are moving in a good way. He's been able to – initially, he had burns on both hands – Let's see, both of his hands and arms damaged to the ankle, underwent surgery, and then fractured the L2 and L3. So, yeah, thank goodness he's not paralyzed or anything like that. Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. hopefully he was going to be all right. Um, the woman who set up the GoFundMe's name is Shelly Minus, M I N U S. It's a family friend, and they have raised over $23,000. But if you would like to help out, go find that GoFundMe uh, and maybe uh, maybe help them out. Man, that's just terrible stuff. But now New Braunfels. And then they went and won their playoff game. <laughs> 17-13, whoever that backup quarterback is, shout out to him uh, for figuring it out. But, man, that is, that is tough stuff. Yeah, shame on Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not saying the name New Braunfels when he was kind of introducing where he came from on – Hard Knocks, you know, Hard Knocks is doing the yes. Arizona Cardinals deck. I watched a little bit of this you week's episode. Bit? I yeah. did. When they were going back, he was like, yeah, I grew up in a small Texas town. My dad was the coach, so if you weren't doing well, you're always on the hot seat. They I'm showed like, the jersey that said unicorns, but you're right, he never said yeah, I'm it. I'm like, say New Braunfels. I grew up in New Braunfels, Texas. I'm sure everybody would appreciate that from that area. We know you're from a small Texas town. Like, come on now. Come on, dude. Yeah, rep, come on, rep the unicorns. Yeah, Cliff. there you go. Yeah, so the Unicorn family is certainly uh, feeling that one today, and we hope uh, that Adams gets better very, very quickly. And since they will need it, 
I will wish the New Braunfels Unicorns all the luck in the world against Westlake tomorrow night. Yeah, you might have to call on Cliff for some play call-in to yeah. give you an advantage. That's how good Westlake is. Ex- that still won't do anything. Yeah. Westlake's just on another level. Yep, that's at Rattler Stadium, by the way, in San Marcos. You can find that full list at flxatx.com. Brian Jones coming up at 2. Up next, it's Where We At in Society. Zay sent me something on Twitter yesterday. It's been sitting there all night. I haven't looked at it. Zay told me not to. Up next, I'm going to find out what it is, and you will too, on the horn. Hey, it's E. Hogan, and I want to introduce you to Data Savior. Did you know that 95% of businesses are small businesses, and most of them do not have a dedicated IT professional on staff? Are you as protected as you should be? Loss of your data can cause a financial disaster. That's why you need Data Savior. Brian and his team at Data Savior join your company as a team member, not a vendor. It'll start with a complimentary on-site assessment. Data Savior monitors your backup 24 hours a day and will provide daily updates. There are no monthly commitment fees either. Datasavior.com. That's datasavior.com. Call them 707-0026. Datasavior.com. the one I feel like I should know. It only sounds like one guy. There's only one guess I can make here. Peter Cetera. What group was he in? Chicago. There we go. Yeah, okay. So it's one of those two, right? That time frame, it's it's either the band or it's him. Chicago, yes. That band's had more eras than maybe any band out there. They can switch it up, huh? They really can. Started as the Chicago Transit Authority, I think is what they were first called. And through the years, they have had all kinds of different sounds, different moments, different eras. And Peter Cetera certainly was a big part of that 80s hunk of Chicago. But there's some catchy-ass stuff in there. I'm not going to lie to you. There's some catchy Chicago Yo, songs. I like this song. Dude, This again, This there's, this is that era... There's some catchy stuff there. Even I'll hear it today, and, and I'll just be singing along. So I understand. Chicago, Deep Purple, The Bangles, and Smokey. Well, it has had kind of an 80s vibe to it today. On a Thursday, Longhorns beat Gonzaga, and I mean beat them, 93-74. to Longhorn fans got to enjoy that one all the way through their evening. We've gotten the reactions throughout the day on that. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. There we've got the football getting, uh, you know, getting set up tonight. You got Titans and Packers. We got Cowboys, Minnesota on Sunday, and of course Longhorns in Kansas on Saturday. By the way, somebody sent us a little message here uh, when I was setting up the stuff in the flex segment. Uh, apparently, it is called the city is or the the city or town is Ganado. Says I was born there. Don't try churching it up. Uh, raised in Edna, we've always been at each other's throats, uh, kind of like Lake Travis and Drip. Have a good day. Love the show with you and Zay. Appreciate that. So it is Ganado taking on Thorndale tonight. The tonight, Bastrop. Ganado. I call it the Nado. The Nado. Okay. I never call it that, but it sounds cool. Ganado. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make sure we get it right. We want to make sure we get it right. D A, not 
T H E duh NATO. Duh, that's right. Dope. Guh. <laughs> Guh. NATO. That's right. Guh. All right. I'm trying to make it cool and you're bringing it back. I know. Duh, I know. Duh. We got to get you back to the cookout. You yeah. got time. I won't say it again. You say it and I won't say it again. Go ahead. The NATO. There you go. Perfect. That's just the slang for good NATO. Perfect. All right. Uh, I will leave it there. Let's go where we at in society see what Zay's got. Where are we at in society today? So what you sent me yesterday is now invalid? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, squash okay. that. What okay. I sent you yesterday, it was a little weak. It was about the snuggle bear that you could buy. That's like 180 pounds if you're lonely and stuff. It's weak. It's a weak story. But it's creepy, too. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Yeah, a little not going to lie. What creepy. I got for you today, though, the yes. Washington Commanders handled their business by upsetting the Philadelphia Eagles this past week. And... On the plane ride back, which is a pretty short plane uh, ride from Philly to D.C., so I don't know how these guys got to celebrate like they did, but they did. The commanders celebrated a la Vikings yep. and put all the chains on my man Kirk Cousins. They had them iced out just like the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I'm sorry. You mean on Heineke. With Taylor yeah. Heineke, right. like the Vikings do with Kirk Cousins. Which I dig. I love the Taylor Heineke, how he buys a fresh pair of Jays, uh, the same color of the team he beats, just bought some very clean white and green fours for the Eagles. So I'm with this, but Longhorn alum, cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings, Chris Boyd, was very offended. He was not, not excited. Oh, he said on Twitter, with the retweet, yeah, be careful. Stop trying to effing be us, <laughs> you lames. He couldn't hold Kirk's jock strap. Wow. Find your own trend, y'all. Ish. Don't even look like y'all having fun enjoying it. Wow. And they just beat the Commanders a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they did in that very tough twenty to seventeen battle. So. You know, Commanders, they can't really say much. They're sitting at the bottom of their division, a really good division in the NFC uh, East. We know that. But the Vikings are sitting on top of their division in the NFC North. I love what Chris Boyd said, especially him being the Texas alum. Yo, this our quarterback. Y'all ain't ish. Stop trying to beat us, you lames. That is so funny. Okay, my favorite two comments underneath. One part, one fan says, to be fair, they beat the Eagles for us, so I'll let it slide. But then the best comment was somebody uh, tweeted, gatekeeping wearing chains on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon is crazy. <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm with you. I love that Chris Boyd got that fired up about it. Hey, he thinks it's, it's their thing, and not only is it their thing, but nowadays you can kind of put your stamp on it by getting that video out there. It's out there. We've all seen Kirk Cousins. Now, Heineke had a shirt on, so that would be the yeah, one, yeah. one layer of difference. Yeah, clearly they, Heineke's body isn't what Kurt's is. Because they've been doing Kirk Cousins with the shirt off, and then they throw the bling on. That is funny. That's like the second team that ever did like a turnover chain or a celebration thing. The first team that started it is thinking, really? That's, yeah. Yeah, you got that from us. So Chris Boyd is just trying to protect their, uh, you know, protect their tradition. This is just a corny white quarterback thing. Let's keep it real. Yes. If he wasn't a corny white quarterback, I don't think Chris Boyd would have been offended. Now, if the Ravens were putting chains on Lamar Jackson, they'd be like, oh, 
This makes sense. Lamar you're, Jackson has chains. You're saying this doesn't happen with black quarterbacks? You're saying, hell no. You're saying nobody's putting a chain on Jalen Hurts <laughs> on a plane and no, celebrating a victory? No, Jalen Hurts is from the H. I'm pretty sure he knows what jewelry is. Like, they were big on Byzantines and ice and stuff, Jacob the Jeweler, etc. Uh-huh. Jalen Hurts knows what jewelry is, but guys like a Kirk Cousins, a Taylor Heineke, a Daniel Jones, hell, Maybe even a Josh Allen to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Now, Josh Allen has a lot of swag, so this would, you know, this would be off on him too. But if you're a corny white quarterback, we always talk about the NFL and all these other sports. It's a copycat league. So they're copying so they're, they're the copying celebration. The celebration. Okay. I, you know, but I also see where Chris Boyd is. Okay, let me ask you the opposite side of the question then. If this is indeed something that is happening along racial lines, if you're right, and this is about dorky white quarterbacks, let's go the other way. If a black quarterback in the NFL has an incredible game and his white teammates want to show their appreciation on the plane ride back, what do they do? Give him a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a Bud Light. <laughs> a fanny pack and a Bud Light. Yeah. Real yeah. quarterback of genius. You just threw four touchdowns in our game. Getting you some Bud Light. It fits right on the front. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the way to go. Covering up the front butt. Okay. No, I'm not saying Chris Boyd is being racist. No, I'm not saying that. He's protecting his quarterback because he is saying. He's protecting their tradition. Their tradition. They, like, he hey, thinks it's their thing. Yeah, it's yeah. our thing. Right. Like the Vikings, we do this with Kurt. We love Kurt. Stop trying to copy us. By the way, is this the very first time any human being has ever used the phrase Blank can't hold Kirk's jock. <laughs> is this the first time Kirk Cousins has ever heard that said about him? Come on, uh, man. Yeah, probably. 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 Kirk Cousins' best friend has never thought that in his life, much less said it out loud. No. And now you got a teammate going, hey, you can't hold Kirk Cousins' jock. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is from Cornyville, Michigan. He's <laughs> not used to this at all. Hey, man, that, they're rolling. I can't hate on them. They're they, rolling. They're rolling, and it will surprise me if the Cowboys beat them. I'm just going to say it right now. Cowboys are favored. Vegas, you know Vegas. Yeah, I, think yeah. that, I think that's a wrong team favorite. I do not like that matchup for the Cowboys at all. I don't either. If you got Cook in your fantasy league, play him. Play him this week. That Cowboys run defense bothers me a lot uh, going into that game. I think the Cowboys are maybe in a little trouble there. Hope I am wrong. Uh, up next, let's talk a little uh, little more football, the college variety, with Brian Jones of CBS Sports. What does he think of their matchup with Georgia and Kentucky, the two Pac-12 matchups? Plus, you know we're going to ask him about the Longhorns as well. That's coming up on the Horn.